and welcome to Retro Wars, where each week me and a friend talk about the video games we used to play back when we were kids. Hello, my name is Daniel Carroll, and this is episode 51, and we're talking Spyro the Dragon for PlayStation 1. Yeah, it's one of those games, again, I've never played before. It got brought to me. I thought, well, I'll give this a go. It was brought to me by Anthony from 8-String Fury Gaming. He asked me to give me this go. So Anthony's been on the show before. He came on and he did Castlevania um, when we did that. So he wanted to play this and said, yeah, come on, let's oh, give it a go. Fuck it. I wasn't always a big Sp- Spyro. I've never played a Spyro game, ever. Not played any of them. But I don't know. I've just... I've never liked Spyro's design. I just... I like my dragons, I like them big. I don't like them weedy. I know that's the whole point, like he's meant to be a young dragon, but I've just never liked it. It's just not been my thing. I don't know, because of that, there have been other games that I've just been like, oh, well, Spyro doesn't need to be played. I'm going to play this instead. And it's just kind of never been on my radar. But it is now. It is on the radar now, and I did finish it. I didn't 100% it, I'll be completely honest. I was no chance was I 100% this, because there is a lot to do in this game, but I thought, nah, I'll just do the bare bones just to get my good old flavor, because basically you, you kind of collect gems and all other collectibles, and when you get that, you can complete, well, basically go on to the next stage. You can do 100% to basically get everything, a bit of a collector's farm, but I thought, nah. No, not for me. I've got other shit to do, aka other RPGs I keep starting and then realising, oh shit, these take 20 odd hours. Yes, we had them to do. So I didn't finish it, but we will get on to Spyro, probably get on to Spyro in about half an hour, 40 minutes if you just want to skip ahead. Uh, first of all, we just got to do the usual introduction stuff. So first of all, this has got the plugs, so let's get them out of the way. If you want to support the show, you can do so in a number of ways. Wherever you listen to this, please give it a five-star review. Give it a like, comment, whatever. Say I'm rubbish, say I'm great. I will take all of it. Gotta, if people say I'm rubbish, that'd be fantastic. All good fun. But also, when I put these out on socials, if you could just retweet them or share them on Instagram and Twitter, that really helps because you guys have probably got more coverage than I have. And if I can get more people to see the show, then absolutely fantastic. If you want to help support the show financially, you can do so on patreon.com forward slash retrowars. And for $1 a month, you get access to your own show called DLC. As a bit of a sneak peek, I'm going to show you what happened last time on episode 24, which was my modern day game review, one of those ones, of the new Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core Reunion. problem I had and I completely forgot was that you could miss missions you really could miss missions and um, if you basically do the main story you've got to try and engage with everyone and do as much as you can and talk to everyone because you can miss some of the missions get added and there are parts where if you don't talk to everyone or complete everything the missions won't get added and you will miss the target and that is annoying that is really annoying because, again, it, the game doesn't tell you that's the case. Like, I only found this shit out originally because of the PS... I had a guide for the PSP to make sure I didn't miss anything. But then when I came to replaying it on the Nintendo Switch, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, I forgot about this. And then I'd already gone past a level. I'd gone past one of the stages where I'd missed a mission, so there was no way I was getting the complete thing. I thought, right, fuck it, I'm done then. I- 
And that was episode 24 of Crisis Core Reunion. Now, next week... Now, so I've been playing a lot of um, TMNT, the Turtles Tournament Fighters. Now, I've been playing the SNES version. I've been playing that on my Cowabunga collection. And I'm absolutely loving it. Holy shit, I had to put on an apology for the SNES version because the Mega Drive version is so shit. And I'm, cause I'm recently, I'm going to be recording this as of today. I'll be recording this later on tonight with Raging Demon. And I love this game so much that you know when you kind of do these things like what topic should I bring up for DLC? And it suddenly dawned on me as if I was to make my own version of the Tournament Fighters, who would the lineup be? So I have made my own Tournament Fighters list of turtle characters and that will be episode 25 of the dlc which will be coming out on friday okay so what else would you like to say i should say anyone who supports the patreon and uh, we announced last week that five percent of all the patreon fund raised each month will be going to a pot and it'll be going to a uk charity called get well gamers and it's a uk charity providing games and consoles to 150 children's ward across the uk now i'm going to keep you up to date for how much we raise each month and really i want this basically i'd love to stage at the moment it's going to be postage but i'd love it if we got to the stage where we can donate games and donate games consoles that'd be absolutely fantastic if you want to donate games directly to the um, get well gamers the link is in the description below and any help would be great for the charity now what else do you get for your money well you get access to our own discord we want to build our own little community you get the chance to message me one-on-one you can take part in all our shows of 16 bits of nonsense survival die dlc or comments of the game of the week and get a chance to meet a butchie and a because I often do that because I can't read properly. All right, that's the plugs. Let's move on to the main show. And our first one that we do is our letter section, which is 16 Bits of Nonsense. Sixteen bits of nonsense. Our letter section, where you guys can write in and you can ask me anything. It could be gaming related, it could be movie, comic, whatever, and I will do my best to answer. So our first writer in this week is Dave McGuinness, and he says, "Dear sir, if you had to choose just one, which fictional faction would you want on your side to help battle the evil Captain N? Oh God, we're going after N and his N army from taking over the world." The Ninja Turtles, Power Rangers, Transformers, Thundercats, GI Joe, or the Fraggles. I have no idea who the fucking Fraggles are, so we can get them off the list to begin with. Now, I did like this question. And I was like, ooh, who would you want to take over the world? So let's look at this realistically. Now, I, I love the Ninja Turtles. I want to say Ninja Turtles is number one, but they're not number one. They're just not. They can't be number one. Just do power scaling and there's only four of them. Um, and it's been debunked as in how powerful they are compared to like, the Power Rangers. Realistically... Now, G.I. Joe, is he a whole army? Or is it just him? If it's just G.I. Joe, it's just him, isn't it? Oh, you said fictional faction, so it's going to be his little crew, isn't it? Thundercats, yeah, they're they're okay as well. But, again, they're not like He-Man level of power. Fraggles, who the fuck? I'm going to go with Transformers. And the simple reason is that, like, how many Transformers are we talking here? You know, how many Autobots are going to be coming to Optimus Prime's aid if you want to take over the world? Or, oh, sorry, beat. Oh, I went taking over the world. I'm going to do it myself. Fuck Captain N. I'm going to do it. Look, I- I'm going to go with Transformers just because A, they're huge. They're massive. And they're not just like simple robots. They're, they're Look, we've seen the movies. We've seen the series. They can do all sorts of weird shit. 
And I I just can't see any of the other Power Rangers and Ninja Turtles or Thundercats going anywhere near the Transformers. I nah, definitely Transformers. I I I can't see any other reason you wouldn't. To be honest, people may argue that, but now I'm fucking going with Transformers. But thank you, Dave. Good question. I like that. Captain N. I don't know if this is in response. He then says, "Dear Down Under Danny." I'm not going to write a novel like Dave McGuinness. You usually do. But as a tradition, I must write to you weekly. So here it goes. If you had to choose just one, which brand of toilet paper would you want the evil at MCG, Dave McGuinness's alias, so he doesn't get a bum rash? For fuck's sake, is this the quality we're going this show? What toilet paper are we going to use? Quilton, A-L-S-I, Confidence, I Care, Charmin, Royal, No Royal, Brand one ply, see through single. What the fuck? What the absolute bell fucking fuck? I don't know. Look, I'll go with. I know Quilton. I've heard of them. You've obviously gone with American ones, haven't you? Other ones are available, but I don't know. Ultimately, as long as he's not like using his. Do you know what? Fuck it. Get up a day. Get up a day, Mr. McGuinness. Get up a day and then wash your bum from there. Or use baby wipes. Apparently using baby wipes is just a dream. I don't know myself because I don't want to put... If I could put baby wipes in the toilet to just send them through and it wouldn't clog my toilet, I'd have no problem. But you'd have to put them in the toilet. Yeah, sorry, in the bin. Which you don't want to do. I don't want to have shitty things in the bin. But I'm going to escape. No, none of them are getting answered. I'm going to go. I'm going to break my own rules here. If you want just not a shitty answer, go quilting because I don't know. I'm going to go with baby wipes or a bidet. Either one of those two. And that will definitely stop Mr. McGuinness getting a sore ass. Not everyone has the ability to buy a bidet, but everyone has the ability to buy baby wipes. Go get some baby wipes and let me know what that feeling is. <sighs> I swear to God, each week these letters just get crazier and crazier, but I don't care. It's all good fun, isn't it? And that is 60 Minutes of Nonsense. Thank you guys for writing in. I really do appreciate it. Let's move into our new section, which we call Patch 51.0. Okay, this is our new section, and there's been a lot I'm going to cover here. Quite a lot I'm going to cover. So, the first one is a bit of the controversial one. I'm not going to go into it too much. But Hogwarts Legacy. Now, if you've been following Twitter, you've been seeing that there's been a boycott basically because of J.K. Rowling's views. I'm not going to go into my opinions and all that. It's not what I'm going to do. But there was a tweet that made me laugh. And I was like, okay, fair point. And it was a tweet from the Act Man. And he'd been, he's on the side of, you know, basically it's a game, blah, 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 blah. Um, but he he said, if you're planning to boycott the game, why don't you, rather than virtual signal, actually do something about it and donate some money? Donate that money that you were going to buy the game and actually give it to a trans charity. And then he went and dropped two thousand dollars of his own money to do that. And I was like, whew, all right, point made, well played. And I'm kind of with him on that one. I, I kind of. Um, like if you don't want to buy the game like if the game wasn't for you right just in general the game wasn't for you or you decided not to buy it or decided you don't you you know you ain't even going to go near it because that views that's fair enough but if you were planning to buy the game you were dead set on buying that game okay and then you decided you're not going to buy it for the reasons of jk rowling it's your opinion you do what you want with your money i'm kind of with him because that's a boycott that is a boycott. If you're just... That's not your type of game. Like, for me, I, that's not a boycott. 
I, I just, it's not my type of game. I'm not interested. It's not a boycott. That's just me not wanting to buy it. But if you are planning to buy that game and have now changed your opinion or cancelled your pre-order, and rather than virtual signal, do something better. And I think because that's going to ha- that's going to be more effective to the grand scheme of the world than just cancelling your pre-order or not buying the game. Because I don't think you realise, yes, J.K. Rowling will make money from this, but it's not going to be that much. Plus, I always keep saying, there are other people who made this game. There were voice actors, there were developers, there were storyboard, there were music people. There were a lot of people who went behind this game, and that's only going to impact on them. But, if you don't re- if, if you worry about J.K. Rowling, she makes more money from Butterbeer. You look into that contract clause, it's all that. she makes a shit ton from Butterbeer. It fucking tastes disgusting, by the way. So I don't think she's going to make half the money. She'll probably make more money in Butterbeer in a day than she's going to make from this game. Just saying. Ugh, Butterbeer is absolutely disgusting. I pray none of you ever drink it. Ugh, I was not beer for a start. Oh, God. I, I visibly nearly threw up when I went to have that. It's not... I enjoyed Hogwarts when I went to the world. But Jesus Christ, I was like, just give me a Coke now, because that was disgraceful. Ugh. All right, moving on. That's all I'm going to say about that. I'm not, I don't know if I'll go any more in depth in that in the future. So we had some reviews out of some latest stuff. Fire Emblem Engage is now out, and the reviews are positive, which is good. Uh, it's, it said it's not been as good as Three Houses, which isn't... It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's been getting 9 out of 10s. I haven't seen many, you know, perfect scores. But 9 out of 10s are positive reviews. Uh, it's been saying it's, been, it's a good game. It's going to take you a while. What, what Fire Emblem doesn't. Um, and it's, But unlike Three Houses, it's not a multiple playthrough game like Three Houses were. Because that was an absolute monster. Not that I finished it yet. But it's an absolute monster to have to play it three times. So I'm... I'm happy that Fire Emblem does well. Maybe Smash Brothers is now coming out around the corner. That's always what happens when these games come out. And that'd be, oh God, more Smash Brothers. Um, but yeah, great. Well, well, well done. Nine out of tens. Happy. And I'm glad. I've seen some of the artwork for the Divine Edition. And I think I tweeted out the, the Divine Edition artwork is absolutely incredible. The box art is spot on. Like, I want that. If someone's got a spare Divine Edition, just doesn't want the, the skin of the thing, just send that to me, and I'd freaking love that. Oh, God, incredible. All right, so that's some positive news. Unfortunately, I'm going to get into some really sad news now. And, um, yeah, I think... So, basically, Microsoft came out the other day, and they saved that they're laying off 10,000 staff, which is really sad. And not all of them are gaming. This is mostly their company, but they have um, hit Xbox, Bethesda, and 343. They have hit that. And I think this is because of what happened at Twitter. Twitter, when Elon Musk came in, has basically shed a lot of weight. And Twitter's still going. And I think a lot of companies are looking at that going, okay, fair enough. Because money hasn't been, the, the income hasn't been as good as it previously has. And companies are now looking to streamline themselves and look at, okay, what services don't we need anymore? What staff don't we need anymore? And it's not nice. I Like, I'm fortunate enough in a job where I know I'm not going to, I'm not going anywhere. And because they, I'm a position they do need, that is needed. Uh, but for 10,000 staff, that's, that's hard. So I hope they, those members, those staff, can find new roles quickly because, you know, and I've been there, it's horrible. Um, but then, unfortunately, uh, yesterday, Riot announced they're doing the same as well. And I was kind of like, okay, that's, this is a this is a thing now. And then it came out, like, news journalists like Kotaku, uh, GameSpot, they're in trouble as well, and the same sort of thing. I think um, things are going to be laid off. I think because the world is changing, 
because everything is becoming more digital that maybe that weight is being shared and i'm not going to say dead weight because companies are going to look at like how they restructure themselves and whether they want to make it a more streamlined process um so i hope anyone involved is you know, I don't know if they're going to be listening. I doubt they are. But I hope anyone involved in these situations is able to find work again quickly and that the stress isn't too much for you. I do think I do hate seeing stuff like this when any any company, not just gaming, any company, and they have to make mass resignations. Oh, it's just absolutely dreadful. Now, Ubisoft. Now they've they've obviously they they must have had their own problems because an email has just suddenly recently gone out. And what happened was the company CEO apologized had to just had to come out and apologize because he sent out an internal email to all employees. And the phrasing didn't go down very well because he he said that the ball is in your court. And it's kind of basically them looking like they're shirking their responsibility. Um, But the employees at Ubisoft were a bit pissed off with that. I don't blame them. Um, Planning a strike to their comments. And there was an employee who came out in a quote and he said, the ball is now in our court. For years, it's been in your court. So why do you mishandle the ball so badly? So we, the workers, have to fix it for you. Ooh, that's not good. Now, the CEO did come out. Um, is it Gullimont? I, I don't know. I can't pronounce that incorrectly. And he said, I heard your feedback, and I'm sorry that it was perceived this way. He went further to say that he wanted to convey the talent of energy of the company's staff and referred to its production process as a collective journey. Ugh, just... I t- I just that the Fair enough, he came out and apologized and perceived that way. I would have loved to see what he did mean by that. But the whole collective journey, talented energy, that's just BS. That's just trying to pander. Um, I don't know how the staff have taken that apology. I wouldn't have been... Again, I, I haven't seen the full email, so I can't say anything. But he just basically needs to mean, what did you mean? What did you mean by that? And then you can clarify that sort of shit. It's not nice when you, you must get emails like that and you feel like, yeah, you're the ones fucking up. Uh, excuse me, your management's. You're the ones who have the direction, not us. You tell us what to do. That's what managers are for. What a fucking mess. Now, we've had an announcement, uh, also in the US, of that they've released the top-selling games for last year. I've come on. I was intrigued. I was intrigued when I saw this, and I was like, "Ooh, wonder what they actually are." It's always nice to see, you know, what games are doing well and what our games franchises are popular now. Bear in mind, this is just the US. Number ten, MLB The Show, twenty twenty two, Horizon Two, Forbidden West. Number eight was Pokemon Legends Arceus. FIFA twenty three was number seven. Pokemon Scarlet Violet number six. Number five was Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga. Number four, God of War Ragnarok. Number three, Madden NFL twenty three. Number two was Elden Ring, and number one, Call of Duty: Modern Warfare two. Um, some surprises on there. I think mainly for me was Lego. I think that's my main surprise. Again, this is the US market. I I did not really think. I knew Lego Star Wars and Lego series were popular, but I didn't realize it was that popular. Like, okay, fair enough. You can say Pokemon was number six. It only came out in November. Give it a bit more time. Where would it have been on that list? Um, Call of Duty, it shows that that basically is that series is just rampant and everyone loves it and every franchise will do really well. I, 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 I'd love to see what the UK sales figures are because I know MLB, the show, wouldn't be on there. NFL would be nowhere near. FIFA would be a lot higher. Um, I'm surprised FIFA was number seven. Like, I didn't realize FIFA was so big in America. I thought that was just really like a European-British thing. Uh, but fair enough, it's number seven. I'll take that. Game Freak would be happy that they've got two games on there in the list. It's just basically fix your fucking game. 
I'm constantly going on about this. Uh, but the one I wanted to bring up more than anything was number 11. Now, I didn't mention this, but number 11 was Mario Kart 8. I, and I, 2022, it's still number 11. This is an intent. This is a, this is a Switch. Not a Switch. What is it? A bloody Wii U game? This is a Wii U game. That's number 11. That's just mental. I I know they've added the DLC, which has helped, but still, that is freaking mental. It's still selling so, so well. Mario Kart, not, we're not getting it. It's not coming for a long time. When you still get figures, why? Why would they make Mario Kart 9? Why? When this is still selling. They're not stupid. Fucking hell. Jesus. Okay, more things I want to talk about which are really positive. The Last of Us, this is a bit of a Last of Us session for now because there's quite a lot of stuff to talk about. Last of Us Episode 1, the TV series, HBO TV series, has now hit. Uh, it's come to good reviews so far, which is really good. I've, I've got 15 minutes of the first episode to watch. Me and the boss started watching it and she started getting really tired. And that's not to say she found it boring. She's just not very well at the moment. And she often, when it gets to our bedtime around 9 o'clock, we both get bleh. I... So far, really enjoyed it. I thought they've done a really good job of the world. I think the characters are great. I, I think the world building's been absolutely fantastic in this. And it's interesting considering we're watching uh, Walking Dead at the same time. And I've kind of like, this is more realism about it than Walking Dead ever has. As much as I love The Walking Dead, this just feels so much more real. It really does. Now, I will do a series for DL, a series review for DLC. I will wait, obviously, until the series is complete. So I won't keep going on about the TV series until we get to that DLC episode. But one thing I did notice that came out the other day was that the Last of Us director of the main game, uh, Bruce Straley, I think that's how you pronounce his name, apparently has argued I wasn't in the credits of the TV series and he's not happy and he wants unionization. And I was kind of like, hmm. It's like, should he be in the credits because he directed the main game, the first game? And I was kind of like, no. I don't, genuinely, I don't think you should. You directed the first game. Fair enough. Were you the creator? No. Because if you're going to... Yes, he was the director. And I understand with the remake why he might have been in it. Because if they've... If the direction is just basically the same as it was in the PS4, PS3 version, then fair enough, if everything's the same, then it should be the same, then he should be credited, because it's basically like a one-for-one, one. however, if the TV, the TV series is a new medium, it's a whole new form of, of, of the new piece, and if you're going to put him in, then do we put the art director, do we put the, uh, the, the music, and the storyboard, the right, do you put everybody in again, all the act, everyone who was involved in the first game, do we put, do we put them in, I don't think we do. I, I genuinely don't think you do. I don't think you've had any... You've had no direct direct contact in this project. So I don't think you should be involved. That's my own personal opinion. Other people can think I'm wrong. But, eh. You, you, you left the project. You decided you weren't involved. And I don't think you can basically come back years later and go... Me, 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 me. No, that's just for me. That, not for me. Now, finally, with, with this, um, Naughty Dog have come out. Neil, Naughty Dog's Neil Druckerman has said that the new game... So, this is the multiplayer game. And if you do, if you don't know, number two never came with a multiplayer. And I was speaking about this with um, my mate Tom when I was back in... My best mate Tom when I was back in England. And we played the Last of Us multiplayer, the first one, to death. Loved it. I He hated me because I used to go around. He's like, pick up a gun. I was like, no, I'm Robin Hood, bitch. And I just refused to use anything but a bow and arrow. 
And the number two never came with one, which he said was a big disappointment because he was really looking forward to it. He didn't realise, and he finished the main game. He was like, oh, oh, there's no multiplayer. And that's because they're working on their own multiplayer. And they've come out and said, so this is Neil's comments. He said, this is the most ambitious project we've ever done, expanding the world even further, continuing to tell story, but in a multiplayer space, I won't say too much about it. So they're still not done, which is fine. I've no qualms about that. You uh, constantly on this show, so you release it when you're ready. But apparently they've been working on this since The Last of the Dead 2. Last of the Dead, Last of Us 2 was even out. So this has been a long time. So I'd like to hope they get this right again. I'm not asking it for... T I'd love it to come out tomorrow. But if it's not ready, you leave it back in the oven. You wait until it's done. And then you move forward. Uh, because you don't want to piss off the fans. That's the worst thing you want to do. Unlike our next story, who did piss off the fans. And that's Diablo and Blizzard. Yes, they've dropped the ball here. And a class action has gone in about them. And I don't blame them to be there. So basically what happened was that players have made this clash action because they were particularly upset about an item that was in the Diablo Immortal game, the Blessing of the Worthy gem, that's what it was called. Now, this gem was available to purchase in the game and in some of the bundles, and it cost up to 100 US dollars. The problem was, developer since then, basically, developer ha Blizzard have changed the text of the item, making the damage scaling clear. Okay, and it's actually handed it out to everybody. Now, what it was, was that people bought this gem. Okay, this is what the gem was meant to do. It was meant to do 20, give a 20% chance to do damage worth of 12% of a player's maximum life. That's what the original item was. But in actuality, it's a 20% chance to do 12% damage of the player's current life. So if your current life is low, the gems are going to do fuck all. So does that make sense? You don't need to learn Diablo to do maths. So if you had, um, let's just say, argument's sake, you had 100 HP, you've got a 20% chance to do 12 damage. That's what they were hoping. However, it's actually, if you had, say, 12 HP, or 10 HP, I should say, that there's a 20% chance you're going to do 1.2 damage. And people are very pissed off with that. And uh, that's shitty because people spent a hundred dollars. You know, that's their argument. They spent a hundred dollars to get the item that they were told was a description, and to suddenly have that in the under the you know slipped under them, mm, that's not good. That's false advertising. That's false advertising, and they're not going to win. They they will lose this class action. They're going to have to pay out hundred percent. They're going to have to pay out because they changed the item description. All the basically these players these players need to do is to prove that they bought the package up to $100 because of what they were sold. That's all they have to do. That's going to be the that's going to be the the legal argument is that the blizzard will basically say, "Well, no, these players they just bought this package and the gem happened to be in there. They weren't buying that package specifically for the gem. The players just need to prove that they did buy it. And this is not um, going to criminal court where you have to prove beyond all reasonable doubt. This is, um, I can't remember the other type of court. What's the other type of court? That's just going to really piss me off. This will be going to civil. This will be going to civil court and the lower of threshold when it comes to making a decision, it's much lower. Much lower. You don't need to be on beyond reasonable doubt. There just has to be, okay, that's probably true. That's all it has to be. And maybe they'll pay them out, whoever do this. And I think Blizzard haven't got a leg to stand on. I really think they're fucked here because that's just really scummy behavior. Maybe they thought, oh shit, we fucked up because this will break the game. I'm sorry, you need to fix that then. 
you need to sort out that with the players because you did sell an item. You've sold it wrong. Uh, I don't know if they apologize. I have no idea. But I can understand why you've, you've pissed some people off. I'll tell you who haven't pissed people off. Um, Pokemon Company. They did something which is absolutely, absolutely quality. Unintentionally, this was not meant to happen. It was on their Pokemon TikTok account. I don't know if you've seen it. It's absolutely brilliant. And I was pissing myself laughing in work. Um, They released a video and it was of Pikachu and Lucario. And the audio won it with it was not correct. I'm just going to play the audio they did with this. And it's absolutely incredible. If you're fucking happy and you motherfucking know I cover motherfucking hands... If you're fucking happy and you motherfucking know it, loving motherfucking hands. If you're fucking happy and you motherfucking know it, and you really motherfucking wanna motherfucking show it. If you're motherfucking happy and you motherfucking know it, loving motherfucking hands. Like that's ace. That's awesome that they did that. I was like, you heroes. I and they they've taken it down, obviously. But I was like, put that in the game, you cowards. Put it back in the fucking game. Oh, incredible when they fuck up like that. Like, how? What was it meant to be? What was it? What was it actually meant to be? And nobody pressed play just to check prior to releasing that. Oh, fucking superb. This sort of shit. It's great. And the other thing which I see, okay, this is pissing people off. And this is the final thing. And I find this funny. Okay, so there's a game. And I'm now getting adverts for it because I freaking watched the advert. Um, Okay, a mobile phone game called Nikkei. God, is it Nikkei or Nikkei? Godness of Victory. So they've had to pull their own advert in Thailand because it's called a bit of controversy now i'd never heard this game before until this happened but i've now seen the game and it's where basically you've got anime girls or waifu they may as well be waifu girls and so basically hot very hot anime girls you want to be your wife and they're they're basically shooting against a it's a third it's an over the shoulder view but you see the whole character model and they turn and they can basically shoot loads of robots and stuff like that and, oh shit, the arse jiggles, the boobs jiggle. It's one of those sort of games. It's a jiggly game. Now, this advert caused a lot of controversy because you see this teenage boy. It must be his birthday party. And he starts playing the game and he's, and he, he's loving it. And at one stage, he starts going blah, 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 with his tongue, like really perverted. I was like, holy shit. I was like, is this the type of player who plays this? I was watching this review of it and someone's like, stop calling us out, bro. That's why we play this game. And then he gets distracted and someone make, gives him like a birthday cake to make a wish. And all of a sudden he wishes three girls like his avatars and they literally all around him and they start doing the butt jiggling. I was like, holy shit. I was like, I'd, I can see why it got pulled, but people have been pissed off it got pulled because it's like, that's why people buy the game. They buy the game for that exact reason. Like, let's not hide the fact this is, they buy it because of butt jiggling. I kind of feel like if it's after the watershed, I'm like, eh. If it's after the watershed and they're consenting adults, I don't know. You call it expert, I don't know. Look at the game, just look at the game and then come back and say, that advert's pretty realistic to what that game is selling. It just made me laugh. Again, I was watching this in work. I was did it on my lunchtime, thank God, because I was like, I'm going to be a sack for that. But it just made me laugh. It was good fun. All right, that is everything to do with the news. We need to move on. Now, we're going to move into our free section for everybody. You don't have to be a patron for this. And it is called Stick It Up Your Jinjo. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
So stick it up your Jinjo is for everybody. And basically you, you let me know what your gaming achievement or your gaming frustration has been for the week. And we got one comment. It's from the Main Quest podcast from Keith. And he said, "I Keith's a good guy of the show. We're actually recording on Sunday, I should say. And he's getting ripped. By the time this has been out, this because I'm recording Sunday morning. This goes out Sunday afternoon. He would have been ripped to shit for what he's about to produce to me. So the main quest, Keith said, he said, I played Vampire Saviors way too late to include it in my Game of the Year episode, while everyone else got to talk about it, but there's always next year. Yeah, I've not played Vampire Saviour. I can understand how that might be a bit frustrating. Apparently, it's been it's got loads of awards. Very simple S game, but it's been doing very well. Uh, am I going to play it? Probably not, but I've heard very good things about it. So don't worry, Keith. Well, you just you just need to basically get good. Just get good, mate. Just play more games. You know, just forget your life, forget you know any family, forget your job, just play more games. So then you've got an opportunity to review games like this for your Game of the Year episode. Like, would you have given it a Game of the Year? I'm actually intrigued about that. You can't obviously answer that now. You won't answer that tomorrow morning. But you can tell me that at some point. Message me. Message me, would you have given Vampire Saviors Game of the Year? If you did, probably no, no, because it's Elden Ring. But either way, I would have loved to hear your opinion. All right, so there are all the comments. And as I said, they are a free section. So write in any time. Tweet me any time. You don't need to wait for the uh, message to go up. You can just message me over on Twitter, and I will include it in the show. All right, let's get into our final game on Patreon, which is Survive or Die. Hey, listen. Survive or Die is our little game that we basically get Mr. Jeffrey Dean Morgan to stand in front of two combatants. Two combatants, two contestants. They could be either characters, franchises, games, mechanics, something you might not have seen for a while. And you guys get to have your own opinion about which one is going to get their brain smashed in by Mr. Mr. Morgan and which one is going to live. And considering we're talking Spyro this week and both him and his friend are very close, we're going to add Crash into the mix. So I want to ask the question... You've got Spyro the Dragon and Crash Bandicoot. Which one of them is surviving and which one of them is getting their brains absolutely piled in? Now, we've got some responses here from you guys and I'll read them out and then I'll give my own opinion and tell you what the right answer is. Raging Demon says, okay, if it's all Crash's back catalogue, stays intact, then Shao Kahn, hammer time it is for him. Woo, Shao Kahn, hammer. That'll be that'd be more painful than the battle. But no, mate, actually, no, the battle will be more painful because you're being killed in one glow with the hammer. You're not with the bat. Uh, if it's not how it is, then it works, and Spyro will be tainted, haunted by the Targaryen, so he's got a full Mortal Kombat. Um, well, is it his back color? It's up to you. I'm not, I'm not giving the rules. I'm just saying Spyro will crash. You can decide how you want to do it. Uh, I'm not telling you, do you need to include back catalogs? You can just go by design. You can go by one game. You can go by the character. This is completely up to you guys. You guys, I didn't set the rules. I just gave you Sp- Spyro will crash. You do with them what you want. I'm not telling you what parameters you need to base your decision on. That is, that's up to you. I know I'll probably have to explain that again in the future, but that is up to you. So Captain N says, well, let's rethink about this one. First, you have the goofy, bouncy, platforming, un- unappealing character. And the second you have, th- and second, you have the same thing on the other side. Hey, hey, careful. Since you want to play by your own weird Australian rules, I'm British. I will choose Crash to die because he was once a pillar of the PlayStation and is now a whore for whoever put him on their system. Spyro, however, is the same thing, but purple. Lady N likes purple so he can survive. Okay, I, I have real problems with a few things you said then, Captain N. Crash didn't... Yeah, he was a PlayStation man. 
But I don't think... I think he had to whore himself out for necessity rather than... I don't think he was after that he was chasing the money. I just think it was a necessity. And the same thing, if Sony ain't going to give you the money, then you whore yourself out. You whore yourself out to whoever gets you. And if we get more crash, then I can't complain about that. And just because Lady N likes purple, I've not met Lady N, I don't know of Lady N. But that just could, well, that's her, that's her reason. I, mm, mm, one of them is an unappealing, one of them is not. should say that, by the way. Very careful with your comments. And then Dave McGuinness says, which one came on Pogs? That's the one who survived. Go, what the fuck, Pogs? Are we talking about those little, little, little things, little plastic discs? Like, Dave, again, you've just come up with some shit recently. Which one came on? I don't know which one came on Pogs. Last week you gave me a coin to flip, and now you're giving me this bollocks. And then go Pogs. Like, yeah, Pogs are great, don't get me wrong. I have no complaints, and Pogs are absolutely fantastic. But the fuck? Really? Dave. Just, just have a just look in the mirror, or read the actual rules to this game... Then go to a mirror and question what you've been doing in your life and going, because I'm following the rules incorrectly, am I going down a dark path? I think you're going down a dark path, my friend. I really do. So what my answer is going to be, because basically you guys have not given me a real answer, to be honest. Uh, apart from Captain N who went basically because of Lady M likes purple. <sighs> right, I am not going with purple. I am going with orange to survive. I love Crash. I love his personality. He's great. You know, maybe because the adverts were just so great. Like, hey, get out of here, Mario. It's fucking brilliant. I love um, Crash. I love his game. Okay, I'll have to be very careful then. I love some of his games. All right, we, we clear about that? Some of his games. Where Spyro... Alright, okay, I know we're about to cover it, but it, it, the, the, if you compare Spyro 1 to Crash Bandicoot 1, there's just no contest. Absolutely no contest. Crash Bandicoot 1 is an absolute gem, and was one of the most impactful games on the PlayStation. Spyro was not. No. No, Spyro did not have the same impact that Crash did to me. Um, but I would rather have Crash games than Spyro games all day long. I don't care if you want to remaster them, give Spyro ultimate dragon wings, and suddenly make him an adult. He's never going to beat Crash. So Crash, you are allowed to live another day. Spyro, you're getting your brain splattered in by the bat, not by the hammer, by the bat, because it will hurt more and more and more and more. Thanks, guys, for playing. I really appreciate it. It's always good fun doing that one. All right, what have I been up to? Um, unpacking, to be honest. Unpacking and just getting back into the general routine of life. Now we're back, and it's literally, yeah, oh, God. Poor hiccups. Like she did okay first night, and then the second night, she's been all over the place. But since then, she's back to normal, and she's been doing really great. And me and the boss are back in work, and we work for the same company. We're cracking on, and it's just getting back into routine. So now we've got a few days off, uh, and then we've got only three days because then it's Australia Day, which is our national holiday. So, yeah, so looking forward to that. I actually meant to say, I know it was back in the UK, um, and I forgot to say one of the things I did. I, it was on my Twitter that I went to Bury, which is a shithole. Sorry for those in Bury, it's a shithole. Uh, in the UK, and I was with Rob Cox, he invited me over there, he doesn't live in Bury, but he said there's an arcade place I should go see, and holy shit, it was incredible, four floors of just arcade be beautiness, like, I was literally going 
oh, having an orgasm all over the place. I got to see so many legendary consoles. I got to got to play like ones like Street Fighter Three, uh, Tekken Tag, a really good Tekken Seven one. I played old ones like Final Fight, Golden Axe. I saw Tetris. We played Contra. No, we didn't play Contra. We played Time Crisis Two. So many consoles. And honestly, Rob, thank you so much for taking. And it was like big beer food. It was great. Apparently, there's one in Liverpool as well, which when I was back home, but I didn't get to see that just because I was too busy. Um, so maybe in the future when I'm next back home, I will go have that a go. Oh, I should actually say, I forgot to mention, um, this weekend is the Pokemon uh, Regional Championships uh, in Liverpool. Um, I, obviously, I can't go. My home city, which is freaking devastating. Looks like everyone's going, and I'm so gutted. To everyone who's going, good luck. I wish you all the best. Uh, hopefully, I might be there next year. I really do wish I was there. I love Pokemon. Um, good luck. I said good luck to everyone. I hope you do really well. And I can't wait to see some of the battles from it. Really looking forward to it. Okay. So that's what I've been up to. What have I been playing? We'll get this long before we go into Spyro. I finished Ori. I finished Ori and I thought, oh my god. What a beautiful little game. Ori in the Blind Forest. Picked it up for 11 bucks, 6 quid. Absolute beautiful game. And I don't often say that. Beautiful, beautiful game. So that will become one of our modern day game reviews. That will be coming out soon. I've been playing a lot of tournament fighters. Um, a lot of it. I finished Maximum Carnage. Not Maximum Carnage. I keep saying that. Separation Anxiety. Uh, finished that. That was all done. And uh, did I finish it off? No, it's not finished Bart vs. the Space Mutants. That needs to be finished. And I've just, just started Chrono Trigger. I thought, right, I'm going to dive in. I'm going to get in. I've found it. I found the copy. So I'm diving in. I've just started. So that will be that'll be coming at some point. Let me finish it first before we go in. Because I know everyone's like, oh my god, Chrono Trigger, the best game in the world. Let me just get into that. So that's what I've been playing. Um, let, I'll give my thought. Of, so you're, when it comes to the game, the game is I give you guys a chance to let your thoughts before we move on. And Captain N says, he's a dragon. His name is Spyro. This sums up my knowledge of this game. Thanks, Captain N. Awesome, awesome input there. I, you know, everyone can take from that what you will. I'm sure people are now flocking to buy this game in Retro World. Literally, the servers have crashed just from the input you've given there. Jesus. Fuck me. Now, I, I did, I said prior, I'd never played Spyro before. I gave it a go. It wasn't, I, I, I finished it. That's all I'll say. I finished it. And I wanted to give it a go because I got asked to do it. And that's the point of this show, isn't it? Um, if you don't do it, you can't just give an opinion just off nothing. So I give it, I give it a real go. I crack through it. I managed to play it, and I did finish it. Okay, so we've been going on for only 40 minutes. Let's get into the main show. If you're here, you want to hit talk about Spyro. So let's just get into it. So I'm going to play some music. And when I come back, me and Anthony from H-String Fury Gaming on YouTube are going to be talking about Spyro the Dragon, which came out on the PlayStation 1 in Europe in October 1998. Fuck me, I'm old. Returning once more to the show, here's what we've returned from Castlevania. And we are now entering the world of dragons. It is Anthony from Eight String Fury Gaming. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Now, we're doing Spyro. And I think this is Spyro the Dragon. Now, I've never played this before. I have. I, I gave. I finished it. I did finish it. Uh, but you, you messaged me while I was at the zoo. 
Um, and you platinum this game, so you must really love this one. Oh no, it sucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no. So, uh, so yeah, like I, don't know, I just have like a soft spot for the little purple guy. I I don't. Do you know what? Maybe it's. I've always looked at Spyro and gone, this is like baby's first platformer, and maybe it's just put me off. I think that's how I've always felt with these things. And I played it, and I don't like it. I didn't like it. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, so let me give you some, te- some uh, context on the whole situation. So, so, you know, it's the fifth generation of consoles, you know, Nintendo 64, PlayStation Saturn, maybe maybe the Jaguar, maybe, but for the most part, N64, PlayStation. So the N64 has got the kid market locked down. You know, the families, little kitties, mm-hmm. you know, Banjo, Mario, Kirby, 64, Yoshi Story, all that stuff. Sony, on the other hand, is more geared towards you know the teenagers, the yeah. 18 to 34 demographic, the older kids. So while while the Nintendo 64, you know, with the few outliers like you know Conker's Bad Fur Day. They, they have, like, the kid market on lockdown, but Sony is not happy with just having, like, the 18 up market. They want everyone. Not most everyone. Video, most video game markets, they are, we need all the money. So they decide, okay, we're going to make a few, you know, kid-friendly games to help push the system. So that's where your Crash Bandicoot, that's where your Spyro the Dragon comes in. And that's where it all developed from. But the thing is, like, yeah, you mentioned Crash, because I was going to bring this up. Him and Spyro seem to be... When you think Crash, you think Spyro. When you think Spyro, you think Crash. But whereas they come across very kiddie, I think they play... Yeah, they are different games. But Crash, I still think, is a really hard game. Crash Bandicoot 1, to to 100% that game, is hard. Whereas Spyro... Crash is is brutal. Crash is brutal. Yeah, Crash is... Yeah. I still love Crash. It's absolutely brutal. Even just trying to finish the game normally is absolutely brutal. But whereas this is really... Yeah, it's Baby's first 3D game. Um, right. And I, I get it. You know, it is meant for kids. And maybe I should have gone into that thing not expecting the world. But I don't know. I just got a bit frustrated with it. I think that's the best way. And I will make it clear that I did play this on my... The, the Vita and um, yeah I had a problem with the camera most of the game I had a, this isn't the game's fault okay, but it's right. not the game's fault um, but my camera would sometimes just unannounced just start spinning around and I had, could not stop it yeah, right uh, you didn't set it to like active did you no no I kept trying to change the, the different formats and oh, it would cause... just it just suddenly the game would go nah we're gonna do what we want and it would just spin around 360 the whole time until i came like locked the console and went back in and then it sorted itself out and it was like motherfucker this is the most annoying shit i've ever seen in my life trying to do any sort of jumps and the character's like nah fuck it i'm the camera's all over the place fuck me yeah yeah, I always set it to like active because with with active, it like it'll always like point in the direction that Spyro's facing, yeah, and the shoulder why. buttons, the L two and R two, that's how you like rotate the camera, so it doesn't use the right analog stick, even though it fully supports the analog stick. But it decided not to use it. Well, thing like I tried, I couldn't use that those buttons. It's like the the game is like no, no. When we're spinning, you're not working. It's like okay. And I just think that was a problem with the port rather, rather than the game. So the game's not losing points 
for the fact it span the whole freaking time and often gave me a headache. So it's not losing any points because I know some people are going to be like, oh, I fucking love this game. It's the best game ever. But yeah, you could you could turn the camera, which what would have been normally been helpful. It just didn't. <laughs> it didn't help me in this situation. Uh, maybe your Vita is like, maybe the Vita is just cursed. I don't know. I only know like oh. two people that have a Vita and you're like both of them. <laughs> so... <laughs> Dude, my, my Vita could be listening. He might come and get me. It's very sensitive. has sensitive ears. I keep praising it as the best console ever. So don't... Yeah, yeah man, it's a paranormal activity. Shit's going to happen. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, I played this on, like, uh, two, maybe three different versions of this. Like, the first was, the uh, was of course, the, uh, the PlayStation 1 disc I had from, like, my childhood. Mm. You know, I popped that in my PS3. And then the second one, I had... I had it downloaded from the PlayStation Network on my PS3. And then the third time was the uh, the Reignited Trilogy, which I believe everyone, if you're going to get into Spyro, like the Reignited Trilogy is the way to go. You just got to ignore that little Activision logo underneath it. You should be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ignore, ignore who made it. And to be fair, yeah. I, I, I have seen the um, the remade version, the rem- and I thought, you know what, that the Reignited Trilogy looks pretty smooth. It is. Thought, it, it handles way better too, so you wouldn't have like any of those camera issues. No, and yeah. I thought like I just looking at some of these pictures, it looks so much better. Oh yeah. wow! Okay, if you, yeah, I completely agree with you. If you're gonna play, play the Reignited trilogy. That's probably yeah. the best thing. Oh yeah, Toys for Bob. They they did us. They did us good. They did, they gave us a Reignited trilogy. They gave us a Crash Bandicoot four, and then Activision said, you know what? We we don't like you making money off these like nostalgic IPs and making, you know, and making money and, and so we just decided to let's just put you into the Call of Duty team just for the hell yeah, of it. Yeah. Just just for the hell of it. And you know what though? It actually says um reading this, while Activision has not released sales figures, it said Spyro Ignited Trilogy performed well. <laughs> That's all they said. Oh god damn it. Yeah, I've already I've already given up on Overwatch, so uh, there's really nothing that you could say anymore to convince me that Activision sucks. No, well, yeah, I I looked at Activision 2 and went, "No, no, 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 no. I'll play broken games like Pokémon. That's why I'm playing at the moment." Fucking... Oh, man. I've seen nothing but like terrible things about the new Pokémon. Right, I'll right, curse I'll, shit on oh, that Pokemon seen, game. Yeah, it was all about paranormal activity. It's like literally my PS Vita has attacked this game. And at the time of recording this, it's um, four days after the release of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. And I've made this clear on the show. I made it clear when I made that episode. I like the game. Fuck me, it's cursed. That's the. <laughs> I've seen <laughs> things you people <laughs> wouldn't believe. <laughs> See, right, I see. So, I see dead people. That's the best way of saying that. But this so game wasn't yeah, glitched. Back to Spyro. No. Yeah, so I'm going. Yeah. Go so I was going to get into the the PlayStation versions. Like I played the PSN version of Spyro, and and that game has like a lot of slowdown, which you know surprised me because I put the disc in my PS3 Slim, it works fine. But when I play it from yeah. the PlayStation Network, tons of slowdown. Really? Yeah. See, it's, I the, the port no I had was fine. Yeah. So yeah. So disc version, great. PSN, just stay away from it. Just absolute shite. No, I I played. Um, said I played on the Vita and didn't have any problems with how it performed. Um, it performed quite well. Um, never had any slowdown. 
I, I managed to just basically get what I did. Now, I didn't 100% it. I had no intention doing that, but I did finish the game. Um, and I think because it's, it is a collectathon. That's the best way of, of summarizing this game. It, it's a big collectathon. It was the hype the whole... back then. Pardon? That was the big thing, wasn't it? It was the big hype with Mario and Banjo. And Spyro had to basically collect two things. He had to collect jewels and he had to save dragons. That was the whole point of this whole and thing. The... And don't forget the dragon eggs. Oh, fuck me, the dragon eggs. Oh, the fucking dragon eggs. Jesus. Yeah, to- totally not worth it. But uh, you only need them because, like, one of the balloon guys won't send you to another world until you get the, like, dragon eggs or something. Five dragon eggs, it's what you needed. So, yeah, Spyro, basically, the whole plot of this game, which actually I thought started off quite well, is basically, like, a camera crew um, having a conversation with the dragons, and the dragons just basically start slagging off the main bad guy, Nasty Nork, um, and they start giving him shit, and he's like, oh, fuck you then and turns them all into crystals, apart from Spyro. Spyro is the only one who gets left alone, not touched, and it's his job to free the dragons and face Nasty Nock. That's the plot, basically. That's literally it. Yeah, nothing nothing special. And how Spyro works is basically he goes to different hub worlds. So I think there's like six hub worlds, and in each hub world there's about five different levels in itself. And you have to meet the requirements of the hub world to then go to the next hub world. That's it. That's it. So in total, there's like 30 levels, really, isn't there? Oh, yeah. It's like uh, yeah, like five per level. Yeah, I think it's quite... Four or like, five. That's the ballpark, really. Yeah. It's a good, good number. Yeah. And I think in the first world, the first world's basically just getting used to it. Like the enemies don't even attack you. Um, right. they don't even come up they just run away and but it's just getting used to mechanics and I think the first three worlds really are just getting you used to things and uh, the artisans is the first world and you basically got to go around and find dragons and all you do is you, you run around and eventually you'll see like a like a, a greenish statue and you touch it and a dragon comes out that that's how you release them no no breaking them no magic spell just touch them and you're done yeah, yeah. This is the only game that does that, though. I think so. This is the only one with like those dragons. Like two and three don't have them. Four doesn't have them, and that's kind of where I left off after Spyro. So you didn't start playing the um, the ones where you have to get the collect the toys. I last one I left off was Enter the Dragon. If you want to rip on a video game, uh, no, not Enter the Dragon. Enter the Dragon Fly. Now, if you want to rip on a video game, that's the one you rip on. Oh, I'll rip on this one. Oh, no, I'll rip on... Why, is that how bad's Enter the Dragonfly? Uh, so, the world record speed run for an any percent run of Enter the Dragonfly is about one minute and six seconds. <laughs> for a PS2 GameCube game. Imagine that. Fuck me, because yeah. that would have been the time when, you know, you still one game per year sort of thing. Then that was yeah. your game for Christmas. There you go. Dude, like yeah. a, a speed run of like Mario Brothers on the NES, like Super Mario Brothers, that's probably around like four minutes above, give or take. So th- this game, you can beat it four times faster than that. Fuck, I'm watching that. I'm watching that as soon as I get off this chat. Spyro yeah. Four speed run, Jesus. Now you, yeah. I could probably you could probably glitch this as well because I was like, oh, how long is this game going to roughly take me? And it took me about five hours, I think, to get through it all. That's probably the best. Oh, yeah, it's 
yeah, it's it's you know it's chock full of content. So yeah, this is Insomniac, by the way. This is a uh, after after three games they gave up on Spyro. They wanted to make Ratchet and Clank, you know, games like Resistance, and then they would even yeah. go on to make like the the PS4, PS5, Marvel Spider-Man game. So and they were also tight knit with Naughty Dog too, because you could find like you could find there's a code online. I think it's like a Konami code with a square button. You could find a demo of Spyro in Crash Bandicoot 3 and a demo of Crash Bash in Spyro 3. Really? I never yeah. knew that. Yeah, they were close. Yeah, Insomniac and Naughty Dog. And it, yeah, it goes back because the two are at the hip. Crash and Spyro are at the hip. They just have that same feel to them, don't they? Oh, yeah. Whereas I would allow Crash Bandicoot in Smash Brothers, but I would not allow Spyro in Crash Bandicoot. Sorry, in Smash Brothers, he can go suck a dick. I mean, I mean, we already got we already got what Charizard, so I think the the giant the dragon quota is already met. Yeah, the, and, and Ridley, got, and Ridley, yeah, you you got Ridley. It's like we already got a purple dragon thing. We don't we don't need to. We don't need to. I mean, I don't mind Spyro so much because he is quite sarky, sarky as well because he speaks to the dragons when he lets them out, and they're like, "Can I tell you a story?" And he's like, "No, not not really." Uh, <laughs> I can't be asked with you. Fuck off. Basically, you can just see in his face. He's like, "Ugh, why am I dealing with you, bastards?" Uh, man, they they don't help you either. Like, they don't actually help you fight nasty Nork. They just they just kind of just piss off and then they're gone. Yes, I don't understand this. Yeah, why don't they help you? It's like I've oh, I literally it's like I free, you have to free fifty of them yep. to basically them. get to the. Oh, 80 of them, but is it 50 to get to basically uh, the final? 50 to get to 50 to the final, but I think you have to. I think altogether there's 80. Yeah, but why do not one of them decide, oh, let's free everybody else and kick nasty? No, 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 we're going to leave this in the hands of a child. I was like, this is bullshit. And where do they go afterwards? They just disappear and leave you? I was like, fuck. This is fucking stupid. Now, now, what if I told you that some of the dragons that you free, they actually wind up in, like, the final hub world. They, they wind up in some of those final levels, only to just get frozen again. Oh, did they? Yeah. Cause I, so you I, save some of them twice. Oh, for fuck's sake. Because I, I know some of them, like, they, they chat to you, but I often had to play this with um, whilst I was sitting with the Queen while watching The Walking Dead, and she wouldn't have appreciated all the sound effects. Uh, she barely appreciated all the clicking, um, so I didn't hear a lot of the dialogue. I have to be honest with that, but didn't realize they got caught twice. Well, they're just fucking useless, aren't they? So maybe they. So why are they so useless and Spyro so capable? It's probably the Your best thing. Is as good as mine on that one. Um, fucking hell! I'm gonna I'm gonna question some people, and I want to question some fucking game developers. Now, so you basically free the dragons, and I think I did see by the end they just kind of ran out of um, text. For these dragons to say, it was Thank just you like for releasing me. Yeah, dumb. I was like, oh, they they're just throwing this out here. They couldn't make eighty lines, could they? They just no. just <laughs> fuck. We've done twenty. That'll coming. do. Yeah. Deadline's okay. coming, you know. Yeah, quick, just get it in. What can we say? Yeah. Cheers, mate. Done. That's another one. That fits yeah. the quota. Yeah, yeah. Some of them are kind of helpful. Like, there's one dragon that's just like, like you know. If you glide, you know, if you get glide from like the top of your jump to get the most height, or uh, there's one dragon in like the third world that tells you, hey, there's a secret level in the first hub world with all these stepping stones. 
And then there's just both of them are just like, like Spiral just goes, hey, what's over there? And the dragon goes, why don't you glide over there and see for yourself? Disappears. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks, mate. You, <laughs> you said nothing. Fucking yeah. ridiculous. And essentially, yeah, that was it. So you have to catch the dragons. And sometimes you think, oh, it's going to be like really, you know, good experience. It's not. You just touch them and that's it. And then you had to go get gems, which was essentially, which again makes no sense. Uh, there are gems everywhere, and they're nasty norks. I don't know if they're nasty norks or whatever, but they're all around. Basically, they, they have different values of 1, 2, 5, 10, 25. And right. you need to get in total, I think it's 6,000 by the end of the game. Uh, so, yeah, so the plot is that the dragons, that's their treasure. So the dragons it, own all those gems, and Nasty Nork is basically stealing all that shit. And when the dragons call him out, call you know, call him ugly and whatnot, that's when he frees. That's when he petrifies them. And he also uses the gems to like turn them into enemies as well. Oh, does he? Is that what he how yeah. he t- he makes things? All right, okay, I didn't realize that. I was like, okay, yeah, because you kill the bad guys and they they give you gems. And the whole right. point is like, in in some of these levels, is like five hundred gems, and you've got a basic. To get 500 gems, you've got to explore every part of the map. You've got to kill every enemy. Um, and some of the gems are a pain in the ass to find. And that's why I was like, no, not playing this game. Let's just get to 6,000 and then be done with it. Um, but I imagine if you know this was your only game for Christmas, you could have a good mission trying to find every single one. Um, so suppose for a, you know, for a kid, it's not a bad experience, really. Yeah, I mean... I mean, I'll take this over like something like Donkey Kong 64 any day of the oh, week. God, yes. <laughs> you uh, want to know uh, what Collectathon hell is like? It's Donkey Kong 64. Fuck me. Oh god, I'm not. I am dreading the moment. It's one of the list of my games I have on the wall that says, "Please God, no." Um, <laughs> South Park has already been covered. That's on was on my list. Donkey Kong is definitely on there because someone's gonna say it one day, and I'm just gonna hate them. I'm gonna hate them to hell. Burn. But this is the thing, yeah, it was a collectathon. But I was thinking, well, hang on, when did Banjo Kazooie came out? And Banjo Kazooie uh, came out first. I think, yeah, it was like the same year. I think it's the same year. And I was thinking, wow, Banjo did a much better job than Spyro did. Yeah, I mean, this was Insomniac's second game ever made. I think. I think the first one was like a Doom clone called Disruptor. Oh, good research. I did not know that. Yeah. So I suppose, whereas. You know, this isn't Rare's first game, is it? You know, Rare obviously. Well, I don't know if it was their first platformer, but they already had a lot of experience. Well, they had like three. The yeah, they had three Donkey Kong Country games. Well, yeah, they did. They had them, didn't they? They had them under the belt. I forgot about them. Um, so they had they had experience. But yeah, essentially, all you had to do was the gems. And you know what? I thought it was quite funny. So to measure Spyro's health in this game, you had this dragonfly. Sparks. And what was he called? Sparks. Sparks. Yeah, Sparks. And. So he would basically go and get the gems for you if they're around. It's when he's not there, then you realize, oh, it's awful. I kill myself. I kill myself when I lose him. (laughs) It's not worth it. It's not worth it because you have to try and manually get these gems and especially when you've got a camera that wants to do its own thing you're like oh fucking hell I just want to get the gem but whereas normally a dragonfly goes and gets him which is like oh my god what I thought was quite funny was that he to to get your health back up you have to get butterflies and you touch a butterfly 
then this dragonfly just goes just literally becomes a cannibal and just starts de devouring anything he can see. It's like, holy shit! He just not messing around, are you? Yeah, I gotta look up what dragonflies actually actually eat. I, I have no idea. Is he was savage? He was gulp a dra he just gulp a butterfly. And again, maybe the instruction manual would help me on this, but I went into this bear. I was like, how do I get my health? For yonks, I didn't even know I had a dragonfly companion. I was like, oh. So he was like, oh, why is Spyro suddenly dying now? Uh oh. Yes, the dragonfly. Yes. That makes complete sense. Yeah, this is me just trying to run. All I did was press the dash button the whole time as quick as I could. That's the only way to play. Yeah. What if I told you that one of the dragons that you free in the game tells you that Sparks is your is your health meter? <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah. Like some of them are useful, but most of them they're, they're not. So, uh, so yeah, yeah. In the Reignited trilogy, like Sparks, he'll help you find like a missing gem. Like you click the sticks or whatever, and he just points in the direction of a gem, which is great because when you're at 399 gems in a 400 gem level. It drives you to, like, fucking madness. Oh, no, absolutely not. That's why I refused. That's why when I messaged you, I messaged you when I'd finished this game. I was like, done. You see this moment? You just throw the console. Well, I say throw the console. You just, done, bye. And that was it. That was, like, out of the way. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, Having to, if someone said to me, you've got to get, like, 80% of them, I would have slapped them. I would have slapped them in the face. So I'm not playing that game. If I told you there was a secret ending at 120%. What was the secret ending? It's nothing special, really. It's just Spyro <laughs> has sunglasses now, so that's it. And you also unlock another level called Nasty's Loot, which is a level you can just, like, fly around in. Like, you don't glide. Like, you straight-up fly. Yeah. And there's, like, maybe... It's, like, over... It's, like, maybe 2,000 gems in the whole level. It's It's basically just, like, a small, like, reward for going the distance. But it's just just him flying around, basically. Uh, yeah, you gotta like, yeah, and it's like maybe four thieves in the whole level. Oh, I imagine you have to chase him. All right, so the thieves. Let's get on to these wankers. Oh yeah. my fucking god! So at first, I didn't even know what they were because they ran off so quickly. But they are basically, and I'd mentioned like a VV from Final Fantasy IX, like a really scaled back VV. And you've got to they run as soon as they see you, and they've got an egg and you've got to chase after them and they will always usually go in a loop you've got to learn this loop and time the loop perfectly your run is faster than them and you've got to get it all spot on and just touch them and then they'll give you an egg that's the best way of putting it and yeah. some of them are a nightmare an absolute pain in the ass because the amount of directions they turn the jumps but oh, fucking hell I just got things like 12 eggs I just got my 5 and moved on yeah, what if I t yeah? So there's like some levels in the in like the third world where they put a thief like in a circle, and like you either could fall off the circle or fall into like this pit of like blue liquid. I don't know what the hell it is that hurts you. So so yeah, so you, you got to charge and chase them on this like narrow ledge. It's just sometimes it's sometimes it's just terrible. It is, and it's it's basically training you. That's what it is because the final boss against Nasty Nork is... He's got two fight. of them. He got two of them, which I can get down pretty quick. Um, and then you have to go chase Nasty Nork. And that's it. The thing that pissed me off about that was that 
if you died when you got to Nasty Nork, you had then had to get the other two again and then go Nasty Nork. It's like, for fuck's sake, can we just put, put... I've done this like 20 times now. Do I have to get Nasty Nork? Yes. Yes, you fucking do. Gotta, gotta do it for your dragon buddies. You gotta do it for the dragon buddies. <laughs> so, that, so that they could say, thank you for releasing me. And then they could just yeah, piss off just, again. Just piss off. But it's such a shit bot. And do you know what? I, I spent so long trying to get Nasty Nook because you're basically chasing him along, you know, and the whole point is that you... And I didn't realise this. I thought I was meant to catch him up like a thief, but you're not. You're meant to basically chase him to a point where he gets to a, um, like a circular platform and then use fire on him. And then he reveals basically the, the final part of the level, whereas like a speed through platforms which are receding. But... What annoyed me was that when I was chasing him, I kept falling down the platforms because you can't see what's coming next. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's the the whole lava area. Yes, and there are two points where you can't see where you're initially going. So if you're going head down like I was, you've then just suddenly got to turn really quick. It's like, but eventually you figure out the pattern, but not until you've had to die a million times and fight those two thieves again to get to him it just it, it took me way longer than it should have that's that's how i thought about it i don't know about you well you you platinum this thing so you should be able to do back of your hand yeah, yeah get good scrub um <laughs> no so um no like i can understand it like especially if you're like a 10 year old playing this for the first time it... yeah i'm 35 <laughs> <laughs> so Jesus. so what well, yeah it, well if i told you like if you miss if you miss that spot where Nasty stands and he hits you, then he runs around another circle again. Uh, but then when he, fin- when you finally get him, it's like you've got these platforms that are like slowly moving into the wall, so you got to like haul ass to do it. Yeah, you got it. And if you can get, and then I remember the first time I was like, "Yes, here we go!" And I was getting there, and I got to the last platform, and I was about to hit the final jump, but the camera started going spinny, spinny, and I was like, "No, no, no, stop it!" Stop it, camera! And I fell in the lava. I was like, for fuck, fucking, fucking, fuck you! And I was so tempted just to go, I've done it, I've done it, but I thought, no, I've got to do it properly. Oh, I'm so angry. Yeah, all you have to do is, like, flame him once and then he's dead. That, that's, the wor- that's the worst part about that. Yeah, that's the worst part about it. I was, like, literally there. I could smell his ass. That's how close I was. And then I had to do it, and then it took me another 15 minutes to get back to that point again. Yeah, I will say that like all the bosses in this game kind of suck. They do. They're, they're just—they're not they're mandatory just not though. You don't have to do them. Like, no, they're not. This, but they are shit. Yeah, the, but... the the enemies are shit. The 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 bosses are shit. I, mean, I wouldn't it's necessarily just... call the enemies shit. Like there's like there's some. I, cool... I mean, I know this. They're like easy to kill, but like you got ones where like they they have like vultures that attack you, and then. One of the big ones picks up like a vulture and starts swinging it at you. I thought that, that's, that's okay. That was cool. cool. No, that was quite cool. I did like that one. There was one. Yeah. I think there was a later one. And there was another one where it was like a woman cooking and she threw yeah. something else. That was quite cool. Slaps the dudes into you, and they walk yeah. off the cliff and die too. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. And there's sometimes where like they actually infight each other. Oh yeah, they do, don't they? They start fighting, they get pissed off with each other, which I thought yeah. was quite yeah, that was quite cool. Because either your, your enemies were they would either have heat proof armor, which was because they had like a silver chest, so you had to ram yeah. them with your head, or 
if they didn't, you can use fire on them. That was basically the whole gist of his combat. Yeah, if they were too big, you couldn't charge them, so you had to flame them. Yeah, and that would work. And that was all Spire really had at his arsenal the whole game. It never right. really changed. Yeah, um, yeah, he does get like some more stuff in like the later games. Like he gets like a head bash. He gets the ability to hover. He gets to climb ladders. Yeah, he, get, he gets. How, he gets does cool he climb stuff. a ladder? He, well, well, you got to pay this uh, this bear to teach you how to do it. I, I'm still. I'm how the he's got stumps. How does he climb? Someone's he's got wings. <laughs> That's the best answer I could give you. He he's got fucking wings. And things of why does he just fucking fly? And he uh, don't give me right. I'm not having this. Oh, it's a game. It would ruin the game. There's flying levels, so the cunt can fly. He just refuses to. Yeah. I know it's breaking the game here, but he can fly, and the flying uh, levels in this those game are the most fun. They're the best bits. Yeah. They're awesome. I have no complaints about the flying levels. I thought they were great. Because you had to basically... You got different objectives to do. So you'd either go like through eight rings, eight hoops, kill eight ships, eight lighthouses. And if you did all eight in a row of one thing, you get 60 gems. And then if you can do everything, you get an extra 60 gems. I liked the flying levels. I thought they were br- great. You got one per world. I wanted more of them. I really, I really like the flying levels. Oh yeah, yeah. There's like five of them all together, I think, or or six. I I could be wrong. But but okay, yeah, like well, the devs, the devs when they like made the game, like they would do that. They would just play that level over and over again, and they would try to like compare times with each other. Oh really? Yeah. I can understand why, because it was great. The, the the flying bits were cool. They they were chap. They were challenging. I'll give them. They were challenging. Yeah, if you want to know uh, challenging, like when you hundred percent the game, there's like a few dragons in the game that are just like impossible to get. Like uh, I think everyone who's ever played Spyro knows the level treetops. Oh, this is one with the uh, fucking with all the yes. speed tracks. Yeah. Yes. So what you do, what you do is you go down to speed track, you jump off it, go go to another speed track, go to a third area, jump off that, go go up a speed track in the opposite direction go to one last area and then you jump and you glide and you pray to god you make this jump <laughs> yeah just cross your little stumps and pray to god you're gonna make this jump his treetops was not fun at all it was chaos you'd have to use a boost jump which is basically you see these arrows and you can basically just send yourself and you flew and you hoped to god you were gonna make it and it was there were not easy jumps to make. It was not perfect. It was Asia. Who thought that was a the good idea? Who thought you know what this is a winner? Yeah, I, I probably lose about maybe six or seven lives doing that. Yeah, yeah, easy. And the problem is with this game was that it wasn't like go go back to Crash Bandicoot where with Crash you could get you could stockpile lives really easily. You couldn't in this game. It was an absolute dick to get lives. So you'd often get the game over. And when you get the game over, you've got to go back through the level again. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. You just piss me off. Yeah, when, yeah. the best way to like get lives is to like kill enemies you've killed before because they drop like little pellets and they, they give you extra lives, all that stuff. 
It's like if you collect a bunch of them, they they circle around your like head and the HUD. Yeah, they did. It was, it was like you needed like twenty or something. You did quite a few to get a life. Yeah, I but I what I, I never counted to be honest. But it wasn't like Crash though. Where Crash, you can just basically get like oh, there's like a box with like ding 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 lives. Okay, I'm in. I can keep going now. I can just stack yeah. them up. Hundred Wampa Fruit. Exactly, hundred Wampa. Oh god, the Wampa Fruit. What a what a design that was. But this yeah. thing was like because it was the the jumping wasn't as tight as Crash, whereas Crash's jumping was absolutely fantastic because it had to be. The jumping here was terrible, and then you had the glide feature in as well, which you, you pressed X twice, and that meant it wasn't perfect. And I was like, oh, so you you kind of yeah, you sometimes you're making jumps and you're just praying to God that you're gonna make it or not because it was they were difficult. Uh, yeah, yeah, some jumps in the game are just uh, are just both they they take a few tries to say the least. And yeah, I I just kind of felt like oh, just I just wanted this game to be done. I think that was the best best way of putting it. Um, but did it? I we literally just talked about Ape Escape and how it overstayed its welcome. I I kind of felt this game didn't. I felt this was actually a good paced game because the lab, the first few worlds are quite easy, but then as you get into it, they do start upping the difficulty. I think there's a definite notch when the game's like, okay, wow, this is a bit harder now. Yeah, the swamp level. Yes, the That's, swamp I know level exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it just ups it, and you go, okay, now I need to watch my step. The enemies are a lot more aggressive. Um, they will attack me from all directions. There's levels where the the floor gets electrified wherever you touch it. And it, it really does pick up, and the last world. Where you you know nasty Norks world, they're difficult as well. They're actually you can't just run through them because you'll get your ass handed to you. You've got to take your time. It, they're packing guns and like like machine guns and shit. Like they they stop fucking around. Yeah, they did. And the the machine guns, you've got to time your jump. You've got to jump over the bullets because science. Um, yeah. But if you if you don't, they'll sh- they'll get you from a good range away, and it. It, I, I, it took me a while. It took me a while to do those final few levels because it's not just one you can just. You've, you've got to get to the end of it. There's not a requirement to cap to get anything. But they were they were difficult. I was like, okay, fair enough. You put the challenge in, so I appreciated that. Yeah, that's a it's a much better difficulty curve than a game like like you know like Plock, which is a game I reviewed where it's like it's like you know, it starts off nice and everything, then it just starts dropping logs from the fucking sky on top of you, yeah. and then. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, you've got to deal. You got to play this entire level without your legs. Why? <laughs> what the fuck? What game's this? Oh, it's uh, it's the first game I ever reviewed. It's called Plock. It's a I'm, Super Nintendo game from way back. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna watch again. Stop giving me stuff I need to watch. I'm, I'm, do you know how busy I am today in work? Like fuck. You you make that. the time, man. All right, sports nigger. Make the time. Make the time. <laughs> Do it! Hell. Do it! You have you have six hours to sleep. Sleep two of them. Work the rest. See, I got you pushing too many pencils. <laughs> oh, Arnie never changed. I want to play Contra now just to play Arnold Schwarzenegger. Fucking yeah. do it! Oh. I mean, you can always play Predator. I've never played Predator. Good, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the I've seen the Angry Nerds video, but it's not good. But well, uh, mate, I'm about to play Pitfall soon. 
<laughs> I'm scared of that. Uh, which uh, which pitfall? The Amiga version. Wow. Yeah. 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 I got no experience with those like those old school computers, so uh, you're Either on your own I. on this one. Either do I. So yeah. I've got no fucking idea what I'm going to be doing. But uh, yeah, I. I feel I feel kind of bad for Spyro. Maybe I might have liked this a bit more had I played it at the beginning, like when you started playing it. Um, but because I had to come as it as a thirty-five-year-old doubtful of cynicism and a bit of a narcissist, I just didn't enjoy it that much. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely more fun if you if you play it as a kid. Like uh, Spyro is not going to be a game that's for for everyone, you know. Yeah, so, and I um, think. He he was he was always gonna be because it was ah oh, is it Skylanders Skylanders made me ruin ruin my image of Spyro even more and I was like fuck you so, oh yeah so uh oh, let's see so yeah the one thing I want to point out about this game is that it's running on like this really interesting engine for its time because like PS2 like PS1 games at, at like this time they they you know. They didn't have much of a draw distance, so if you were too far away from something, the game just kind of like deletes that space until you walk forward. Or they mm. would just, you know, do the Silent Hill thing, which is like put like a huge fog on everything. Yeah, Spyro doesn't do any of that. Like it, it kills like the poly count of like areas that are far away, but those are spots that you can actually go to. Yeah, those are actual I'll give parts it that. of the level. Yeah, and there's like I, gems and shit. Yeah, do you know what? I'll give it that. And I do appreciate games where if you can see it, you can get to it. And because that's like the Dark Souls approach. You know, there's, 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 and I do like that because you'd hate it in some games where you're like, oh, fuck this. There, there's nothing there. Uh, or there's something there, but you're not going to reach it. And it looked really cool. And yeah, a lot of the time it's like, there's something there. There's going to be an extra part of the world or a big dock off jump where you're going to have to pray to God you're going to make it. Yeah, I definitely agree yeah. with that. Yeah, like, um, so there's that, and there's the poly count and everything, like I said, and then there's uh, those jumps where you, you see, like, something, like, you see a platform or whatever, and you're like, you can't, I can't reach that, but there's stuff up there. There's gems and crap. So then you got to start, you know, using your brain. Like, okay, if I <laughs> jump up to this spot, and I glide from this spot into there, I can probably make it. And it's like it's like you feel like the smartest man in the world when you figure it out. Yeah, you. To be fair, you do. I mean, there was one world where, oh, I was like, it's like set like it's like a Spanish esque level. I can't think. It's the one where the woman the the, the thing slap you. Um, oh yeah. I got to the top of the build the main building and I was like, oh, I wonder if I glided what looks like out of bounds. I wonder what happens there to the other side. And I did it. I was like, holy shit, there's loads of more gems here. And I felt so proud of myself. I was like, yay, there's gems everywhere. And there's just vultures everywhere trying to get me. But I felt so proud because I suppose this is a game that lets you take risks and sees what happens. Yeah. yeah, this game rewards exploration. So if you're like into exploring games and whatnot, then this game is great for you. Yeah, because it's it's is it if you want to do 120, percent it, it's going to be a mission. Like I'm not yeah. going to do it, but if you want to, it's a challenge. And I don't think you're going to have like many ten year olds doing it because some of them, yeah, you've got to actually look at your brain and go, you need to help me out here. But it's not yeah. one that I was going to do. My brain was not working at that time and said no. It's moved on to other and better things. And I just kind of gave up and I was like, no, just get your minimum, which is your six thousand notes, your six thousand gems, five 
50 dragons and five dragon eggs. You get them, yeah. 6,000. You get them, five you're in each. Yeah, five Jinjos in each level. Maybe, uh, yeah. Oh, I love Jinjos, though. I love Jinjos. And about 1,200 colored bananas. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Don't. Yeah. Don't. You're going to give someone ideas. Shut up. Someone's going to get ideas. No, it's too Donkey Kong. Fuck off. It's already, yeah. But I will say, though, like, out of all, like, the of the PS1 trilogy, I, I would definitely say that this is probably the weakest of the three. Like, yeah. two and three are just, there's so much better games. Like, they have much better hub worlds, much better boss fights. Some things that I like, some things I hate, but ov- overall, I think they're just, they're much, they're improvements, basically. Would you, do you know what, though? All right, okay. I will give Spyro a chance. In the future, I will do Spyro 2, and I will... I need some recovery time, but I will give it a go. Does that sound fair? Yeah, that's that's totally up to you, man. I, I'm totally <laughs> down with that. But uh, one more thing I want to mention. Uh, you're familiar with the band called The Police? Yes. Yes. I do know yeah. this little fact. This little go on, go on, your little, little nugget. Yeah. You know, every breath you take, message in a yeah. bottle, that stuff. So, uh, so guess who composed the music? Go on. Stuart Copeland. Is the drummer, which is ridiculous. The drummer. Yeah, that's uh, it's freaking cool. And one thing I gotta commend him for is uh, he actually sits down and he like plays the level, he plays the game, and then when he's finished with that level, he'll start working on the music. So he whatever his experience is, he puts that into notes. And I, I got that's I got mad respect cool. for the guy. Yeah, yeah, you've got to yeah. have some respect for that because that's that's fair enough for actually doing that because he wants to get a feel for the game. And I I do you know what I I can't comment on the audio i can't just because a lot of the game i played watching the walking dead so i will trust you if the audio is good um i have to give it on you on that one so what is the audio obviously it must be good if you're praising it uh yeah well uh i mean it kind of sounds it sounds good for the most part but it's just like every song when i try to like recollect it, it kind of sounds like a blur because it's like oh this this song goes from like the one chord to the four chord and this one does it too and this one does it and, and he composed music for all the way up to four, I think. Wow. So, yeah, so, just yeah. looking at him now. Yeah, he did 1998, 2000 to 2002, and he did 2018. So that's pretty oh, yeah, good. He, yeah, his, uh, yeah, the reignited. Yeah, it's, that was cool. And uh, and if there's any like 90s kids out there that that remember like the Amanda Bynes show on Nickelodeon way back, they actually used Spyro music for the credits. Did they? Yeah. Well, there we go. But, that shows how much how, how good it is then. Yeah, Wizard Peak, good stuff. Um, yeah, I look. I tried looking up like Amanda Bynes. Now it's like, okay, she's finally given the conservatorship is over. Like she got into a DUI, did did some MDMA, some cocaine, accused her father of putting like a microchip in her head or some shit. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Researching the little purple guy sent me into some weird shit. I was going to say, it sent me down a dark alley. So basically, yeah. if you be, if you go into the world of Spyro, be careful what you're looking for, kids. You might be horrified what you see. It's a very big iceberg. <laughs> well, have you got anything else you want to say about this game before we wrap it up? Uh, uh, fuck Nasty Nork. And um, and uh, yeah, uh, the Reignited Trilogy has a flossing skeleton. Fuck him too. <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, if you had to score this then out of 10, how would you be giving it? Uh, ruined childhood out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ruined ruined, my, ruined, after, ruined evenings by out of 10. 
I'm going to, I feel bad. I'm going to give it a five. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of fair. I, like I said, I think the other ones are much better than this one. Yeah. So yeah. it's a ruined childhood. It's a new score on this. Yes. I'll give it that. So it's, it's, it's a unique, so a ruined childhood and people are going to be now coming up with new ones. I can just see it now. You probably start a freaking trend. You bastard. Hey, I, uh, I expect some credit. <laughs> yeah, every time someone comes up with a new one. Yeah, there's yeah. some credit. Send, yeah, send the royalties a, your way. That's technically a pro Jared thing, but uh, forget I said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, pro, pro Jared. <laughs> Fuck that. But yes, uh, well, once again, my friend, Anthony, thank you very much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. And you opened, and I said, this is your one of the first guests who's made me actually complete two games back to back. Uh, some games I've played from memory and I've been able to do it but yeah two games straight away I've been able to just go for it and finish them so thank you very much for opening your, my eyes to yet another I'd say classic because it is Spyro is a bit of a classic so thank you very much yeah man thanks for having me alright you take care of yourself and get yourself out of here uh, no <laughs> get out I'll leave get on out. my own terms <laughs> fuck off peace And that was Spyro the Dragon for the PlayStation 1. Thank you very much all for listening. Thank you very much, Anthony, for coming on the show once again. Please go over to 8-String Fury Gaming and on YouTube and subscribe. Help those who help this show. Really appreciate it. Next week is episode 52, our one-year show. A one-year anniversary of the show. Can't believe we've made it to one year. Ugh. All I'm going to say is I'm not liking this game, which I'm going to be covering because the person who brought it to me is an absolute bellend. That's all I'll say until then. Until then, I'll see you all next week. You take care of yourselves. I've been Danny Carroll. Bye-bye.